All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's get our British accents on. Right, right, right. Right, right. So this is the episode where we lose every chance of ever having any listeners in the UK. Well, you know, that's, it, it happens. To episode two of Bromancing the Stone. Two more episodes than it should have been so far. <laughs> I am Renee Sanchez. I'm going to say it early this time. Yes, and I am Max Lyon. Yes, Max Lyon drinking mold wine tonight. Yes, I am. Tonight I'm taking a break from the normal wine. And for the Christmas season, I'm switching to mold wine, which if you don't know is, well, go get some. It's mold wine. It's delicious, and you're missing out. <laughs> I like it. And I am drinking the only the finest Pat's Blue Ribbon, because it won a Blue Ribbon. And you're out of tequila. And I did not bring tequila. I forgot. So, <laughs> <laughs> therefore, ergo, PBR. Also, we're still early in the podcast. So I want to make sure I'm like somewhat sober when we start. So, beer. Yeah. <laughs> so today, I'm sure you saw the title of the episode. I'm sure you're seeing when this is being released. We gotta come up with more creative titles than just the title of the movie. No, we don't. Yeah, you're no, right. We no, don't. we don't. We don't. No, we don't. You're right. Like, I mean, like if we come up with some stupid title, like you know, to me, you are perfect. Ooh, that no, like, dude, that some people are gonna get it, some people wouldn't. Well, then they wouldn't listen to the episode. But then you're you're, you're limiting your audience. Look, we can talk about no, the business was, yeah, of podcasts yeah. Yeah, and off air. It's another time. Yeah, another another time. It's a conversation for another time. Anyway, we have done love actually today. <laughs> love actually is all around everyone. Uh, we watched it. Just finished it. We watched it on HBO Go because it's no longer on Netflix. And Max still had a login, so hell to the yeah on that. HBO, if you would like to sponsor us, this Please. would be a fantastic Please. opportunity. Please. That'd be fantastic. We'll watch all the rom-coms off of your platform if you sponsor us. Uh, but yeah, Netflix no longer has it, and you have to rent it off of Prime Video. So HBO Go is your only opportunity to watch it for free on a streaming service, unless you have the DVD, which... Max and I both have, but we no longer are going <laughs> to watch with the four four by three with the black bars on the side. Yeah, we did we that just with, can't. We did that with Hitch last episode, and, and that, that it was fun for a bit, and I didn't think it would be a problem this episode, but it, it got old real fast. You didn't even make it I past yeah. the, cre- like the, the production credits. No. You immediately said, nope, fuck this, nope. we gotta find it on stream. All my nopes. Yeah. So, yeah, we, so we watched Love Actually. This, uh, this is a yearly tradition for me, which might already kind of give a hint as to what I'm going to grade it at the end. But well, Weirdly enough, it is for me as well. Yes, every year around this time I watch this movie because of the setting. Uh, but do you remember your first memories with this movie, Max? 
Um, first memories. Because this did hmm. come out in 2003, so we were we were 15. No. Going, or you were 16, I, I was don't, 15. I don't consciously remember any specific first memories of this movie. I, I imagine... Wait, how old were we? Uh, 15 and 16. Okay, so it was it was sophomore year. Sophomore year. Wow, really? Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was high school. What are you talking about? When it came out. Sophomore year of high school. Oh, sophomore. Oh, okay, I thought you were saying sophomore. There, year there of are college. sophomore years of high school, just like there are sophomore I years forgot. of college. <laughs> it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Um, okay, so then it was it was definitely. Without a doubt, with my high school girlfriend at the time. Oh, which might explain why we listened to Mariah Carey's uh, All I Want for Christmas is You so many goddamn times throughout high school. Yeah, that would do it. That, I never put that together, so. Okay. Yeah, my, uh, my first memories, it was actually my oldest sister, Monica, shout out to Monica, and my other sister, Rebecca, shout out to the both of them. Yeah. Um, but, but it was my sister, Monica, she went and saw it with my mom and they came back and I didn't go with them. I don't know if I was just like chilling at home or what, but then, uh, I asked how the movie was and they were immediately like, you have to see it. You ha- I'll go with you to see it again. Oh really? Like they were immediately like, yes, let's go. We'll go see it again. And we, we want to take you with, like, you have to see it. And immediately after watching it, it was just like. This is one of my favorite movies now. This yep. is, this is, yeah. So I just remember my mom and my sister both knowing that I was going to love it and, and they were correct. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's a fun thing of doing rom-coms from our, from our like deep past like this. Yeah. Like this far back, it kind of, it takes you back a little bit. It makes yep. you, makes you think about when and where and like, you know, what were you doing back then and like where you were in life. Yep. And uh, it's it's fun to watch it as a you know as an adult and how it, see how your perspective changes throughout the years you know when you go back and watch it again it's like reading the same book you know yeah over and over and over and having different meanings throughout the years yep now another funny thing about this movie is that this is the movie that gave me the initial idea for this podcast so to kind of go behind the scenes a little bit I had this idea of a podcast where I talk about rom-coms and I was like, I can't just do it alone. I can't just like talk to an empty room alone about these romantic comedies that gets old. That's really tough to do. I just, I mean, you could, I could, but I just didn't think it was going to be like a, I, I, I just didn't have enough ideas to like do it on my own. Your neighbors might think you were crazy. <laughs> and, at yeah. Some point. And I was like, and then my neighbors are going to think I'm already weirder than I actually am. So, uh, <laughs> just barely weirder than I actually am. Um, you're not weird. You're unique. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm eccentric. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I was like, I couldn't think of, you know, a, a buddy or someone who kind of felt the same way that would do this with me. Um. And then, you know, luckily Max and I got drunk and Max and finally then... agreed to do this with me. So, the <laughs> coming back to the movie. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Bear with us, folks. By episode 55, I guarantee you we have our intros down to like maybe 10 minutes. 
Nah, nah, nah. Twelve. <laughs> so, what I would do though is when Snapchat and Insta Stories started becoming a thing, every Christmas I watched this movie, and then I would actually, and since I would live here in Chicago, and I hate traveling during this time, I would usually go back home to see my family not on Christmas. So I'd just be alone on Christmas. And so I would watch this movie and then I would post it on my stories, like on my Snapchat stories or my Instagram stories. And I would just give a running commentary as the movie was going. And I'd just film it and like talk over it and crack jokes and everything else like that. And I had friends who would always respond with like, oh my God, that's funny. Or like, oh my God, I agree. That sort of thing, yada, yada. And that's what kind of led me to like, I should do a podcast about rom-coms. And then, and then I got a friend who was like, yeah, I'll do the podcast with you. And now here we are and I'm rambling. So <laughs> and I'm not stopping you. That was my bad. I no, no, no. I should have chimed in. No, I, I got to the end. I got, I found I was, my I way back. Like, I was letting you get there. I found my way back. I took the long way, went through the woods, but I came back out. So started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yep. <laughs> so goddamn right. Yes. All uh, right. So we're going to get into it. We're going to yes. go into this movie here the first thing um what i tell me tell me some movie facts i'm gonna tell tell me me about this movie huh let me pull up handy dandy trusty wikipedia tell me about some stuff that like we've all seen the movie at least i I would hope people who are listening to this have seen the movie so tell us some stuff we don't know so love actually is directed by richard curtis that motherfucker. <laughs> he is, I don't know. I just... <laughs> well, actually, he's a very popular uh, director who's directed... He's one of the most successful British screenwriters, and uh, he wrote... Uh, he wrote... I don't know if he directed, but he definitely wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All that is him. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, that makes um, sense now. For... Something later. Oh, wow. He co-wrote Mr. Bean. Oh, that explains Rowan Atkinson's role. Fucking ugh. Okay. Ugh. God. Anyway. Anyway. Um, it was also written by Richard Curtis, and it and the starring list goes with Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Colin Firth, and then we finally get our first female. Who do you think is the first female build? Emma Thompson. It is Laura Linney. What? How is Laura Linney over Emma Thompson? Oh my god. The queen Emma Thompson is behind Laura Linney. So Laura Linney fourth and then Emma Thompson fifth. And then Alan Rickman, a.k.a. Hans Gruber. Yeah, yeah, Hans fucking Gruber. And then... Speaking of Christmas movies. (laughs) And then Keira Knightley, Martine McCutcheon... Our boo Oh, thing. yeah. Oh. And then Bill Nye, and then finally Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, for his 10 minutes of screen time that didn't even matter. Yes. He. Yeah, so. Anyway. And then the running time, which you know, yep. is 136 minutes. Waste. This is an 85 minute movie in a 136 minute body. Great, great movie. I mean, we'll get to that, but great movie, but seriously, like, could have been There's shorter. There's so much that you could fast forward Could have through. been shorter. There's so much you could fast forward through. And then... Not even just fast forward, like, 
There are, like you were pointing out, there were obvious scenes that just, like, the scene itself was absolutely pointless. It could have just yeah. been completely cut seamlessly. Yeah. And, out of the movie. And the way that we'll go through this movie, we'll go storyline by storyline, uh, and then we'll talk about some of those yeah, scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the budget of the film was 40 to $45 million. I thought you were going to ask me. How much did it make at the box office? Oh, oh, oh. And remember, we're not talking profit, which right, we almost right. tried to do last right, time. Right. Uh, we're talking total box office. $215 million. Holy shit. What? You're close. Really? $248.5 million. Oh, yeah, okay. So that is a Damn. Uh, six times profit. And that was back in 2004? 2003 slash 4. Yeah. Wow. And it received a nomination for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy uh, yeah. for Golden Globes. Yeah. I mean, back then it was pretty unique. Oh, yeah. It was super unique. And then it bore children that, as we get deeper into the podcast and start running out, maybe we'll watch those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could watch one of them on the next holiday that's coming up. We could. I think oh, yeah, we, we could. I, mean, I think we should. Anyway. Anyway. So, I asked you to do something during this movie, Max. You did? I did. I asked you to rank the plot lines. Oh, before we do that, I have, I, have a, I have a tasty tidbit. Oh, okay. I, have a, I like I it. I have a new addition to our format. Okay, I like it. So, after your, your movie facts, mm -hmm. let me... Introduce you to some tasty tidbits. Tasty tidbits. Let's let's not use that name. Uh, you've opened up a Pandora's box. We, we everyone, did. everyone, prepare yourself for the tasty tidbits. Oh God. Of Max Lyon. There's a better like rom-com applicable name for that, but okay. So these scrumptious morsels. Renee, what is something that we always love to do in Chicago during the winter time? Drink. Yes, definitely that. That's always a prerequisite. <laughs> I, I left that way too open. Yeah. Um, trivia. Oh, yes. We love going yes. out and to go, go to trivia. Yes, 100%. Which we haven't done this year. We have not. And we need to. I agree. After but the I mean, After Christmas the time yeah. is like, there's stuff to it's, do and see. Exactly. Like in January when there is nothing. Oh, my God. There's nothing. The only thing on January that's good is my birthday. And, and even then, it's like, it's like, we just do the same thing we did all the rest of January. Drink. Yeah, exactly. So, and watch rom-coms. And watch rom-coms. Yeah. You're damn right. Yeah, so. But anyway. So anyway. Trivia. Trivia. I got some trivia tidbits for you. Okay. Okay? All right. Are you going to ask them as a question and have to answer them? Some of them, yes. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Speaking of the storylines, which you were about to bring up. Yep. How many did you say there were? That counted, in my opinion, yeah. nine. Okay. Originally, there were more than that. Ooh. Yeah. Could you imagine wow. how much longer the runtime would have been? Jesus. We're talking Godfather. Like, yes. Hours. Like, movie one, two, and three. Like, we're, yeah. That's like, yeah. It, Jesus. Yes. Oh, my God. How many were there? 17. Close. 14. Wow. Wow. Including, including something that you brought up during the movie, 
a same-sex couple. Hey, yeah. And an African couple, weirdly enough. Well, because that was underrepresented. Yeah, so they cut the two minorities out entirely. Yeah. And kept Laura Linney. Yep. So let's just move on. Yeah. Um, We'll just, we'll just stop with that. Just um, leave, it, leave it where it lies. Leave it yep, where it lies. Yep, we'll let that marinate for a bit. Um, so that scene where uh, Colin Firth's character, Jamie, yes. is jumping in the lake, yep. the pond, the big pond, yep. with Aurelia to save his book. Yes. That pond was only like two feet deep, so they were on their knees the whole time. Oh. Okay. And... They joked about something biting them. You remember what it was? Eels. Eels. Ironically, Colin Firth's character was actually bitten like nuts, like a nuts amount, all over his arms by mosquitoes. Oh. To the point that he actually... (laughs) Actually went to urgent care. Oh. With like extremely swollen, like... Elbows and shit. Oh. What's funny is that for the first time ever watching this movie, I was watching that pond scene, and I actually thought about, that must have been fucking horrible to film. Right? And now that's... Yeah, you know. Like, nothing about that scene was was easy. Yeah. And then you then you throw in all the stuff that we're not seeing on screen, like, like fucking mosquitoes. Like, that's one of those things where I feel like Colin Firth should have had enough sway... To go up to Richard Curtis and be like, yo, look, hey, I understand, like, this is this is going to be a cool-looking scene, and I understand your vision, but can't these papers just, like, go, like, do they have to fly into a pond? Like, or maybe he, like, runs up and wraps his arms around her waist right before she jumps in and, like, keeps her from jumping in, and then they, like, share a tender embrace, and then I mean, go, the, like... You know, do something else. Like yeah, because like they're introducing just the the language barrier, like and they're in like how like <clears throat> quote unquote cute it is, and and it's just there could have been better ways than yeah. having them stay, sit in a, or kneel in a pond and call have Colin Firth get eaten by fucking mosquitoes. Yeah, exactly. My God. And so, Bill Nye. Yeah. Who plays the science guy? Bill Nighy, the science guy, he, <laughs> who plays, um, uh, what's his Billy name? Mac. Billy Mac. Billy Mac. Billy Mac. Yes. Um, just a random fact that I always find interesting. He actually has a condition in his hands that doesn't allow his, like, pinky and ring fingers to fully extend. Whoa. Yeah. Arthritis? It's, no, it's called Dupuytrens? Dupuytrens? D U P U Y T R E N. Wow. Apostrophe S. Dupoitrin's. Wow. Dupoitrin's contracture is a condition that causes some of his fingers to bend towards the palm. So it makes shaking hands extremely difficult, which I didn't think about until that scene came up when he go when his manager goes to shake his hand. And like okay. towards the end when they're yeah. like expressing their friendship for each yeah, other. Yeah, and then he hugs. And he's him. like, Don't be an idiot, and he hugs him. Yeah. But I always thought it's funny that he kind of he hits him with a closed fist. Yeah. 
I never knew it was because he has a condition. So and if you notice, he always walks around with his ring finger and his pinky finger kind of curled oh up. Oh my gosh. And his, like, he's making, you know, a weird three with three fingers, his thumb, forefinger, and middle finger. With both hands. He's always doing that. And I always wow. thought, I always thought it was something that he just, like, put into the character, like, unique, like a rock star, like, different, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. That's nuts. That's, that's apparently, yeah. Right? Right? That's nuts. That's crazy. Here's where shit gets even weirder. It gets tastier. Because these are tasty tidbits for Max Lyon. You remember that scene where Kira Knightley's watching the wedding video in that creepy-ass apartment of, of what's-his-faces? Yeah. Her, what even is his name? His name is Mark. What a... I'm sure it's with a C at the end, too. Probably. Yeah. Okay. So, remember she's watching the video? Yeah. What's she got on her head? A crown of... No, no, a hat. The big-ass hat. Yes. Why was she wearing the hat? There is actually a reason. It's not just random. Uh, she was... Filming like Beckham and had a different hairstyle, so therefore she had to cover it. Not a bad guess, actually. (laughs) No, uh, it's simpler than that. She had to cover up a massive zit. Oh, wow. She told BBC that I had a massive spot in the middle of my forehead. This is the problem with being 17 years old. And in films. So let that extra was, little tidbit She was only sink 17? In. She was 17. She goes, it was so humongous, there was, so, there was no choice but to find a hat to cover it. Because there was no lighting or makeup that was ever going to cover it up. Wow. So, building on that, that she was 17. She's only 17! <laughs> Only 17. Sorry, I've been drinking, so therefore you get to hear me sing songs. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Speaking of which, my glass is empty. And my beer's almost empty. So, she's 17 years old. She's only five years older than Thomas Brody Sangster, who played Sam, the little (laughs) kid. Yeah, five years older than him. Wow. Okay. That so let's just take a moment to think about the fact that she's portraying a character who is getting married. Yep. And what do you do after getting married? You consummate the marriage. She's yep. under age. Yep. Dear God. God. Yeah. That Right? Okay. So moving on up. Yeah. Uh we got Thomas Brody Sangster, who I mentioned was Sam. Yep. Did you know that he actually learned to play the drums for the movie? He looked better playing the drums than a lot of the other actors did playing their instruments. Right? Because he he actually was playing. So when you brought up... Renee brought up a moment when he's playing the drums in the the climax where he's trying to, you know, win over Joanna. Joanna. Yeah. And he pauses to like look at his dad in the audience. And he points at and his dad points at Joanna and then he kinda points at Joanna as well. And when right. Sam points at Joanna, they actually take the drum track out. So you just hear cymbals. 
and you don't hear the tom. Or so the, that's actually the, him drumming. Uh, yeah. It's not in. It's not obviously from the scene, but it actually his is him drumming. That's cool. Because he learned to drum for this movie. That's cool. And on on the same note, him and Hugh Grant are actually second cousins. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Random little tidbit. Yeah. Um, and then finally, well, not finally, but a, a, a good big, big tidbit. More than a, t- a tad bit. <laughs> this is a delicious a tidbit. A delicious, a nugget. <laughs> it's a nugget. Um, Olivia Olsen, who played Joanna. Okay. His, his, his teenage love interest. Yep. She, she, do you believe that she can sing that well? Yes. Because she actually sang it. She actually sang it. Yep, I knew that. She also got a record deal. Dang. After the movie. And that, I'm sure, went well. She said, it seemed kind of stupid and forced. Looking at the grand scheme of things, I could have been some child star that had a total breakdown by the age I am now. And probably wouldn't have led to opportunities that I have now. I might have been a has-been by now instead of still trying to build up my career. So I don't regret it not working out that way because she turned it down. Solid. Uh, that's smart. And it was also her first kiss. Oh, she kissed him on the cheek. I think I've heard that before. Um, and then uh, do you remember the scene where they're in the gallery and you made fun of Mark for his dancing moves the not being choreographed to the song. Yeah. There is a reason behind that. Why? Because the American version of Love Actually is the only one that plays Kelly Clarkson's The, the Trouble, Trouble with Love is. And it seems completely out of place. It's obviously like overdubbed and like not not matching the actual. No. Yeah. And the British version Played Sugar Babes. Yeah. Little, little uh, time lapse there. Think back to. <laughs> I don't know that song at all. No, that's the band. <laughs> oh. I thought that was the name of the song. <laughs> it was like a trio of. I think it was a trio. It was like a girl band in, from like the early 2000s. I honestly didn't know they were British. They might not be. I, I didn't I know. know that they existed. I, yeah, I, I barely so, knew they were. The they fact that you know a little more than me on that is like. Well, yeah, I don't know more. if I'm, I should be proud of that, but yeah. Uh, but they played uh, Two Lost in You," which I would assume I haven't watched yet, but I, I would assume that his dancing might line up to that a little bit more. Yeah, if I had a mixer, I'd you know clearly that in the background right now but yeah. i'm not editing because we've established on this podcast i'm much too lazy for that if so. you donate to our <laughs> non-existent <laughs> patreon account, that will exist at that some, will point, exist at some point in the future maybe we will be able to edit things better mixer and then edit things better for you um and then lastly the signs from the infamous you to me, you are perfect. Scene. Oh, there's a lot to go into that. Oh, there's a lot, but yes. the one little piece of trivia that I thought was interesting was whose handwriting is on those signs. It is Chiwetel Ejiofor's. That would have been even better. 
<laughs> it's actually Andrew Lincoln's. Oh, wow. Nice. So Andrew Lincoln is the actor that plays Mark, who's he actually, those signs. He actually found the pictures himself, cut, <laughs> cut them out, and He Googled them. them. Yep. He's at, or no, he wait, actually, back then it was Ask Jeeves. Yeah, he actually is a, quite the avid scrapbooker. <laughs> <laughs> he has a plentiful collection of scrapbooking uh, pieces of Kira Knightley at home. When they asked him to do it, he immediately pulled out his glue gun, just like, when and where. Yep. I've got lace. I've got felt tip pens and I've got my glue gun. Let's do this. And so, then, granted, and you know what they told him? Enough now. The art department actually had to like pencil in the letters still. Yeah. Because he didn't know where to follow it, but he like insisted that he wanted to draw like he wanted to write it. So it was still his handwriting. <laughs> Right? Because it wasn't creepy enough as a scene in and of itself. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to make you feel these words by me writing into this thing. Read this. If you're reading me. Uh, yes. uh, right? Right? Sorry. So there's your, uh, there's your tasty tidbits. I, tasty I, tidbits! I, I thought Sponsored of... by HBO Go, maybe? <laughs> or uh, Trader Joe's um, Mold Wine? Oh, or fucking Trader Joe's cotton candy popcorn. Which you didn't bring. Or no, bring, birthday cake popcorn. Which you didn't bring. I don't go to Trader Joe's. Well, why not? Because it's far. It's not that far. <laughs> <laughs> For birthday cake popcorn. Yeah, I should. Any distance is worth it. Yeah. Well, we're just dropping sponsorship opportunities. I know. Like, anyway. Let's get into the movie. Since, Let's get uh, into the movie now that we've gotten through the tasty tidbits there. Tasty tidbits. So, you were going to ask me about the couple. So, I asked you, out of the nine storylines I felt mattered, to rank them. You can tell me what you want to go from the top to the bottom, or the bottom to the top, you choose. But, basically, I wanted to frame our discussion there. Where basically we go plot line by plot line and kind of explain things and you know like give like our that. opinions and yeah, observations and and then just go. From I think there. I really think we should. Yeah, I think we should center around the couples. From yeah, here on out. of course. I think that's always a good. It's yeah. a good structure for the movies. Yes. Did you like the tasty tidbits? Oh, I love the tasty tidbits. Okay. That's a fantastic. Is that something we should keep? Doing? I think you should continue to do okay. that because. I'm not going to go too far. I literally just pull up Wikipedia and read things. I like I like the investigative side of it. I, I like, like you. I like, I like you doing the tasty tidbits yeah. because I don't do it. So yeah. yes, love it. Continue yeah. it, please. So next time we go to trivia and any of this matters at all, yeah. now we'll know. Yes. All right. Now I won't be the only one answering the movie questions. <laughs> <in trivia. laughs> hey, there we go. Yes. I'll have more to bring to the table than yeah. baseball and uh, history. history trivia and science. <laughs> <laughs> Which somehow I still get the periodic table wrong. God damn it. Alright, so. Alright. Max. Renee. Tell me the first storyline you want to talk about. Let's talk about Hugh Grant. And that is your. That's my favorite couple. That's your number one. That's my number one. Alright. I'm gonna. What I'm do you gonna want do... me to go through and rank them? Or do you want me to just like leave it at that? I want you to just tell me what the story. Like, I'm gonna say. No, I'm, no, let me no, say my but, top three. Okay. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say the Hugh Grant and the. What's her name? Uh, Natalie. 
Oh, I know, I know uh, Natalie, but what's the actress's uh, name? Martine McCutcheon. Yeah, Martine McCutcheon. A.K.A. Bay. Oh, she's amazing. I yeah. love her. Um, so, where the fuck is my fucking coat? Let's just go, let's just oh, stop. I love let's a girl just, with a good pile. Talk, yeah. Let's talk about the storyline. And yeah. then at the very, after, when we get done, we'll yeah. talk, I'll give my ranking of it. So, yeah. First off, Martine McCutcheon as Natalie is, no matter how many times I watch this movie, I continually fall in love with her oh, character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about just a girl who just can't help but cuss. That just is so attractive to me. But it is. It's it, a it, thing. It's not a, it, as long as it's not a forceful cussing. Like, she's not, like, trying to cuss all the time. She's not a horrible potty mouth all the time. Yeah. It's just it's just who she is. It yes. just naturally it's comes just out. It's a natural curse. Yeah. I love it I love so it. Much. It's unfiltered. Oh, it's genuine. God, 100%. And that's but, what I love. I mean, she's amazing. Hugh Grant is... Not peak Hugh Grant. Peak Hugh Grant is in the 90s, obviously. So he's lost his fastball, but he's still got a he's still got really good junk. He's still oh, got no, a great curve. Another piece of trivia was that he super opposed that dancing scene. That's like, not he surprising. Cons- he spent more time arguing it on set yeah. than actually doing it. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Because it really... I it mean, it's weird. iconic, but it's not necessary. It was weird, yeah. And... So there's so let, let's talk about that dancing real quick. So how like so he's dancing without music because when he gets caught in the fucking dining room or whatever room that was one by the, the assistant, the music immediately stops, which means he was list that music was playing in his head. Which means he's crazy. Which means yeah, so he's just dancing to no music in this house immediately after quote unquote standing up to the United States which in and of itself what was that what is what the oh my the vagueness of standing up to the, uh, I mean kudos to tra- standing up to uh Clinton Bush Trump Jr like there, all the bad parts all the bad parts of US presidents were put into one and it was Billy Bob Thornton a guy who used to wear a vial of Angelina Jolie's blood on him dear god really yes that was a thing they did in the 90s what I'm pretty sure of that. Yes. Wait, were they dating? They were dating. Okay, he, that's a little less creepy. He but once, still... they, they once were on a red carpet, and, and in an interview, he mentioned flippantly that they had fucked in the car. Wow. So that was the president of the United States of this movie. It's 2019, folks. Sounds uh, about right. And sadly, oh, yeah, only a few days after uh, hours got impeached. Yeah. It's quite prescient. Um, yeah, it's fitting. But like, and then Billy Bob Thornton says, like, he calls Natalie a son of a bitch, and then he calls her legs pipes. But not to her face, so it's okay. <laughs> it's totally acceptable. Uh, they can't read just the like, sarcasm just on your like, face. Just uh, like, what is it, grabbing her in the pussy? What is it? Why are we gotta I'm sorry. Bring, I'm why sorry. we got to bring that impeached motherfucker's name in our podcast right now? Let's not. Let's not. I'm just like, pointing out the, the polar, but parallel. Like the, <laughs> the fucking, just like, I think we should take a stand. This time, I don't think we're going to take a stand. 
and then at the po- and then at the press conference, I almost called it a podcast. <laughs> he took. He's like, we're gonna be stronger next time, and everyone just parties. Like, oh my god, he just saved the country yeah. against the big bad United States because he said next time, I'm probably not gonna be a pushover. Right. Fuck out of here with that. That's stupid. Right. Billy Bob Thornton does not deserve this much airtime. The politics in this movie, it, granted it's a rom-com and it, there's it nine storylines, so there really can't be a lot of time devoted to it, but the lack of effort is appalling even for something that didn't, that couldn't have a lot of effort to it. <laughs> it was appalling. So, going back to your ranking of the couples. Yes. How about, how about we do this? How about we do our favorite couples, we discuss them. And then we do our like our shittiest couples, like the ones we the storylines we absolutely fucking hated. We gotta hit all of them though. Do we have to? We have to hit all. They of them. know all of them. But we have to hit them. There's observations to be made about Dear all. Dear God, this is gonna be forever. There's <laughs> grab your bottles, folks. <laughs> grab one for me too. Mine's almost empty. No, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get them out still. Another um, glass in there. Anyway, but. The chemistry between Hugh Grant and Martin McCutcheon, I would say was there, but like, it wasn't like jumping off the screen. I feel like Natalie as Martin McCutcheon was beautiful and I loved her, Yeah, but like her and Hugh Grant, ah, I, I just, they were good separately, but like together they didn't necessarily smolder. Well, I I don't know. We we also didn't get to see them together technically for a lot. Yeah. Any of it, really. I the mean, only the only instance we actually kind of get to see them together is the very end at the airport. Oh, damn it. That was another piece of trivia I forgot. The airport scenes at the beginning of the end yeah. were real airport scenes at Heathrow. Oh, nice. The cameraman actually went to Heathrow, filmed real people come like real passengers coming in and hugging and kissing and greeting their loved ones. And then ask them after the fact, is it okay if we put this in the movie? Yeah. But that, they're, they're real, like, actual interactions, which I think is amazing. Me. You know, hey. That's great. I mean, love actually is all around me. It is. So, that, that, that kind of warmed my heart to know that that wasn't staged. It wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, you could tell by the video quality that it was obviously, like, real footage. Yeah. So. Of it. But anyway. But that scene at the end where she she, jumps in she pushes through the crowd and then leaps into his... Well, she didn't leap into his arm. She just leaped up onto him, which I thought was amazing. Like, <laughs> that whole like that whole storyline, the build up to it, and then when that moment comes through, the, the, the face that she's expressing through that whole scene I mean, is amazing. Like, she's so excited to see him, and, like, they're so... Like, nothing else matters. He's a fucking prime minister. And nothing in that moment, nothing else in that moment matters except seeing her. Nothing else in that moment matters besides seeing him for her. Like, I love that. And it's totally a rom-com moment and it's totally unrealistic, but I fucking dig it. So I have this ranked number six. Okay. Out of the night. <laughs> so what's your number one? Fine, we'll do it that way. My number one is Billy Mack and his manager Joe. Really? That is the number one. The Dark Horse relationship. Okay. Because that to me is the most 
honest love of the entire Ten film. Ten minutes every- at, at, at Elton John's and you're as gay as a maple. <laughs> That's, that joke hasn't aged well. But the- it has not. <laughs> it has not. Yeah, but the whole storyline, the whole like love that they shared and just the when they realizes that and what Billy Mack especially realizes is that there's no one that he can count on like Joe. Joe is always there for him. Are you saying you like this because it reminds you of us? I mean, I'm not saying that, but at the same time, you it's true. It's true. We I did make the we did make the joke before the movie even started that you were Billy Mack and you're going to end up alone in your 50s and, oh, then, God. and then I was like that makes me the fucking manager Joe. <laughs> and then I gave you the benefit of the doubt. I said, "No, no, you're not destined to that. I'm, nah, wait, my my course is locked. I'm destined for that." <laughs> <laughs> but the, there's just, and then also Billy Mac chooses to spend Christmas with the one that he loves, and he realizes the one he loves is his manager Joe. I do love that, and it's it just is... that choice right there is so endearing. Yep. Where it's just like, because it, he he. It's is, pure. Because Billy Mac proves throughout the movie that he is honest. Ab- abrasively so. He is abrasively honest. Right. And, you, and so when you get anything from him, you're getting the absolute truth, his absolute heart, his absolute everything he's feeling at that moment. And he, in his like most vulnerable state, chooses the person who's always there for him as manager. Right. And that to me is so fantastic. And then also, it's just a, they're just funny. Like, it's just a funny fucking storyline. So, not only is it entertaining to watch, but the love, the platonic love shared between those guys is absolutely, I, I love it. it. It's just, any, like, that love is fantastic. So, that's my number one. Well, jumping ahead a little bit, but I think this is applicable that. I think there's a there's a deeper reason why we love that so much. Why that is so nice to see. It's because it doesn't matter what kind of love it is, whether it's platonic or romantic or uh, family or whatever, mm-hmm. that's what love is. It's complete and utter loyalty and devotion. Yes. And you're it's you're gonna, choosing and it's choosing It's choosing that. You're to gonna disagree, you're America. gonna you're gonna be on different wavelengths sometimes, it's gonna be a challenge. But at the end of the day you still return to each other. You can't exist without each other. Yes. And it, it, it it's what better way to show that than in a non romantic relationship and a friendship. Yes. To show that look, love the meaning of love is is finding someone that you jive with, someone that completes you, someone that that really evens out and and completes your existence. That you would choose over tens of women with their mouths open, <laughs> ready to, or having a we uh, assume we having assume. a cute bird balancing on your balls. These are all lines Buddy Max yeah. says in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> what did that line even mean? Like, bird is the is the. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I never thought. I never thought about that. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. He's basically saying they're gonna have a chick riding on top. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, what storyline would you like? To, or did you have that one ranked anywhere? And 
Cool. You know what I didn't like? I honestly, there's too many storylines to like go through and consciously rank them all. See, so. I love. I'll rank them one through nine. I don't have. All right, so let me let me ask you. Okay. Quickly, give me a ranking, one through nine. Fine, I will go through it, and we'll touch on it. And then one. we'll yeah, then we'll then we'll go back and discuss them. So, number one, of course, Billy Mack and Joe. Number two. Uh, I forget Martin Freeman's name in the movie. The stand. I have no idea. The yeah, stand. I remember her name is Judy. Uh, Jack. Jack. Jack and yeah, Jack, Jack, Jack and Judy. John. The stand-ins. He, yeah. That's my number two. Number three Good. is Sam and Joanna. Yeah. Number four is uh, Colin first character or Jamie. And Aurelia. Damn it. This is, that was my number two. <laughs> number five. Somehow, because despite everything that I don't like about it, I, there's still this odd, weird thing that I enjoy watching about it. I don't, I kind of, like, it's a hate, like, it's a hate love. But the triangle between Mark and like, Keira Knightley... Andrew Lincoln. And well, I mean, you have like, to love that because of the. You, it, to me, you are a perfect scene. It's like, like, and there's so much wrong with that scene. It's, it's yeah. Let's talk about that scene. There's so much wrong in that scene, but that act in and of itself has been done and lampooned so much. And when you get, when something is brought up to the point where it's like cliche and it's like an old joke and it's passe, it's brought up like that because. In the first place, it was a really good fucking idea. It was great, and it's so it well neat. done. It's like Curtis. Just, Curtis actually passed that by, like all the female employees in the office or in the studio. Yeah, and like because he had a billion different ideas, he wanted to make a memorable scene, yeah. and he had no idea what to do with that. And he was passing all these ideas, like with like rose petals and stuff, and like, and they were all like, "Oh, barf! That's too much! That's over the top!" Blah blah blah. Yeah. And I think. He came up with this based on like something about Bob Dylan. Yeah, there's like a, a Bob Dylan video where they had signs. I know that in, that might be it. I know in the '80s, like um, NXS had "Need You Tonight," and then they had uh, a, another song that was kind of an addendum to the video, where the band was like uh, or showing the lyrics on. Oh, so I wonder. Okay, so like so it's been... it's been done, but at the same time, so he like as a romantic last... as a romantic gesture, it had never yeah. been done. He proposed that last minute as a last minute idea, and like everyone loved it. Okay, yeah, that and makes that's, sense. That's how they went with it. But at the same time, and I, I've written a blog post about this a long time ago, when I used to have a blog just where I wrote random shit I thought about that. <laughs> like that scene did that doesn't end there that doesn't end there between Juliet and Mark I just you, remember you mean when when Mark says I'm done it doesn't end it doesn't end <laughs> when he just says enough now enough it, now. it's no so first off when he asked her to say it's carol singers and she lies to Peter her husband by saying it's carol singers she's implicitly giving consent to whatever's happening between them. So she's implicitly saying, okay, there's something here. There's the tiniest of sparks. It's not, it's not something where it's just like, 
no, fuck off. You're kind of weirding me out because you're cut your way into me, and this is inappropriate. You're at my house, with yeah. where I live with my husband. Okay, and you are here, like trying to have me say it's carol singers. She doesn't say no right away, like fuck off. She says it's carol singers, so she's immediately leaving the door open, right then and there. I always read it as like that whole interaction was, I don't know, more of like almost out of pity. Like, she felt sorry for him, and so she, like, just went along with it to, like, get it out of the system kind of thing. She's always wanted him to like her, and then she finds out the reason why he wasn't liking her was because he was in love with her. Right. And so the first time, because, like, you don't see them interacting again, so you have to either take this, like, leap that they had a random dinner and like and got all the awkwardness out and maybe had a side conversation about it or something like that or this is the most likely thing this is the first time they're actually seeing each other since she found out he's in fucking love with her well that's why you don't that's why you don't say that shit so he's you don't say that shit to someone that you just like went to their wedding for like well that's the thing you don't so she, like no no so that's where I'm getting to. So she leaves the door open, which therefore I think allows... that's the biggest flaw, is that, like, you don't... Like, if they just started dating or something, and that's when he chooses to pull this stunt, like, that's that's one thing. It's still a dick move, but it's still... It's different. You were this best man. You were your best friend's best man at the wedding. You set up all this bullshit. You had the, the choir and the... Instrument players that aren't actually playing the instruments stand up from the the pews. Like, you do all this shit. You choreograph all of that. And then you're like, yeah, I'm going to profess my love for her now. How fucking long did you have to do this? At the same time, the whole grand gestures thing is what he does. Because, I mean, there was also the talk of what happened at the stag party, the bachelor party, which is... But why didn't he do the grand gesture long, long ago? Because... He was trying to be a good friend, quote unquote. That's bullshit. If I he know. if he had known that early enough on, theoretically, like it's not like he just fell in love with her overnight. Theoretically, he's had these feelings for her for a long time. I mean, but he had an excuse where it's like she doesn't know. He no longer had that excuse. Like I can't, she doesn't know, so therefore I I don't I can't tell. But her. it's obviously not just a crush or an infatuation. Or, but she didn't or whatever. know. She so didn't like, know. And these if, feelings and aren't just going to magically her, go if away. He, and if he truly loves her enough, <sighs> then he's not going to bring her into it. And therefore, he had an excuse in his in his this, fucking this, riddled brain. This makes me drink. That's what I'm saying. This scene is fucking problematic as fuck. Because like she. Because going back to, she leaves the door open for it, so therefore he's like, okay, green light, I can tell her exactly how I feel. Because she already pretty much knows, so now I can just go full 100% full court press on this. And then he tells the whole thing. He tries to use self-deprecating humor on this whole thing, and like the whole, you know, in the next year I'll be dating one of these girls sort of thing. And it's just like, these are all just like jokes and obvious excuses where it's like, 
oh, laugh and like don't take this very seriously, but I'm being serious or thing. It's very like middle school, high school type shit where you're just like, oh, you know, I'm just joking unless you think I'm serious. You'd yeah, like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> the whole fucking thing is like, and then he drops the to me you're perfect and lingers to like which you is a, which is a very linger. high school line as well where it's just like oh, to me you're perfect like that's corny as fuck like yeah but hey remember the time that this came out and when it came out that was amazing yes that's like that's still which is why this thing... I even made a spoof out of it. I told you, everyone did. Like, for, I think, uh, uh, my, my old college roommate needed to make, um, he needed to make, what was it, like, some sort of campaign ad? Like a, like a, uh, I don't even remember what the hell it was. I think it was a campaign ad. It was like a promo. It was like, for an interview, I think he was doing, for a campaign, like a political campaign. And it was supposed to advertise volunteering for campaigns and like why it was sexy like why it was good and i had the idea i was like let's just spoof (laughs) let's just spoof love actually like so i legitimately like i'm sure it's somewhere on youtube it's floating around still (laughs) everyone go look for it where i no don't look for it dear god don't look for it um and if you find it, you can you can put it on our socials, which we have socials now. We'll tell you. I think it end. was Politicor. I think it was, yeah. I think Politicor was the organization that he did it for, which is now actually a porn website. No, it's not. I'm changing. Okay, <laughs> I have believed you for a minute. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and it's literally like my apartment door at the time opening up, and me with the like. The actual, like, signs and everything. And it's the same dialogue, except it's, like, a swap out of certain, you know, phrases and stuff. And and it's so cheesy. Yeah. And at the end, the girl turns me down and, like, slams the door in my face. And it was... That was actually... I wanted that to happen. I was like, this is my life. This is my legacy. Like, let's just... Let's just be real. <laughs> this is... This is how... This is how that scene would go in real life. The girl just slams the door in my face. What happens in real life is, like, she, since she didn't close the door in the first place, the whole thing happens. She kisses him, and then we fast forward six months later to the first true fight and disagreement that Juliet and Peter have, and who does she call slash reach out to? Oh, Jesus. Mark. And what ends up happening between her and Mark? They probably kiss again, and it's probably longer and then we start getting into why Jamie's uh, Jamie got divorced. No. And then Peter finds Mark in his house with Juliet oh, yelling, God. "Come on, big boy! I watch you at least twice before Peter comes home." Oh Jesus! That's what happens in that storyline, and yet, and yet, that fucking the the cards are so good that it's still number five. It's still number five on my list. And also, Andrew Lincoln is dreamy. I'd give it up. <laughs> <laughs> He's dreamy. My sister Monica totally would have given it up. <laughs> she would, she would have caught a case for that. Um, number six. I'd like uh, to make a toast <laughs> to myself. To the end of your bottle. To the end of my bottle. Um, 
number six, as we talked about, uh, it's uh, the Prime Minister and, and Natalie. Uh, number seven is Colin, God of Sex. Colin, God of Sex. <laughs> and he's got a big knob. <laughs> I mean, there's not much to say other than it. It's a very, it's very Shakespearean. Bottle? It's very Shakespearean in that there's always a clown in any sort yep. of like a clown scene that kind point. of breaks the the tempo. So that's what his storyline is. It kind of breaks the tempo between, especially because he's in the middle part where you're stuck with my two worst storylines, where you're stuck with the broken marriage storyline and the Laura Linney storyline. Mm. And so he cut, so they put that in the middle to kind of lighten it up a little bit. So you're not just spending a half hour all of a sudden in this romantic drama. So he, so like it serves its purpose. He's funny. And then, you know, the, and then the little scene in Wisconsin, which (laughs) yeah, good luck finding Alicia Cuthbert and January Jones and Shannon Elizabeth and didn't he, with a Texas accent in Wisconsin, like you couldn't have given Shane Elizabeth doesn't have the range to come up with the Wisconsin accent. Let's, let's be real, they all moved to Chicago. Yeah, in which that bar had a White Sox oh, Miller Light sign. It did. You're it had right. a White Sox Miller Light sign. Oh, so I yeah. think that was a Chicago transplant in Wisconsin, or the cab driver who picked him up from Milwaukee Airport took advantage of his ass and drove him to the south side and charged him a hundred bucks for that cab ride from Milwaukee, which would have been a ninety to hundred minute cab ride. Yeah. So, you know. Anyway, still fun, fun little storyline, but it's still number seven because it's just it's an insignificant. Number eight is the broken marriage storyline between Hans Gruber and Emma Thompson. Oh God, fucking like, Hans Gruber! The, Emma Thompson acts so well in this movie. She destroys any scene she's in when she's heartbroken and realizes her life is like. When she's listening to Jody Mitchell, which that scene, honestly, not 100% necessary. Like, you can cut it down to 15 seconds. It's like a minute and a half listening to Jody Mitchell. They go into a second verse. Don't need to go into the second verse. But when Don't she need hears, to listen to Jody Mitchell. But with, well, I disagree with that because in the chorus, okay. Jody Mitchell's last line in the chorus is, I guess I never knew love at all. Which is so heartbreaking. Because yeah. Emma Thompson's character, Karen... Never knew love at all. But she she did. She just she just. <coughs> well, it's it's, a, it's and, a. I don't know. By the way, also I include Daniel, aka Liam Neeson, in the Sam and Joanna storyline for number three, just in case anyone wants to bring okay. that up. And then, of course, the final, the worst storyline of the movie. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Easily, Laura Liddy and the brother. Oh, easily. Easily the worst. Wait, and the brother? Well, her brother is the immensely ill one. How about Laura Linney? Laura Linney, anything relating to Laura Linney. How about Laura Linney and, uh, what's his name? From the the, the designer. What? Well, no. That they hook, the, that she but, hooks up with. No, that, that's the whole thing. I, I'm calling it okay, her and her that, brother. You're calling yeah, that whole story arc. I mean, she chooses the fucking brother over Carl. The, the designer, so really it is Laura Linney, the brother, and then Carl, because Carl comes in last. I mean, I, I feel like that could have been its own... Like, I get what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. 
and I get the message they were trying to send, like, like love is complicated. It takes all kinds of forms, and yep. blah blah blah. But that almost could have been its own movie. Like, that's it's just so clunky and awkward to throw that in there, and like, it it just messes everything up. I like. You cut out a gay couple and a fucking African couple for this bullshit? Really? What were you smoking that made you choose this storyline? The only thing worthwhile in this is the guy who plays Carl is pretty dreamy. Like, just in a very, like, very... So recast him for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to leave the movie. Yeah. I, I don't know where you'd put him, though. Literally anywhere. Yeah, maybe Aurelia's got a brother. There you go. And the brother talks to Jamie. and Maybe the brother's the one who teaches Jamie how to speak Portuguese. <gasps> Ooh, that's and a good idea. And the brother's played by Carl. Ooh! And then you get rid of Laura Linney and the brothers, and then you add the same-sex couple or the... The African couple. Wait, doesn't Jamie have a a a, fr- a female friend? Oh, it's Laura Linney. Damn it! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, that is the worst storyline. There is like, the ranking. I've mentioned my two older sisters. I love them to death. Whenever, like, I I talk to them often. But you never they, pass up a chance at they, happiness in they, a relationship. They. Or... Like they're all like they're so much older. Like my sister Monica is fourteen years older than me. My sister Rebecca is eight years older than me. So they're almost like like parents to me. Like that that's the kind of love I have for them. They've taken care of me. They've done so much for me. Everything. But if I'm getting ass, I'm not answering the phone. There's no way in hell that I'm answering that fucking phone if I'm getting ass, especially with the love of my life. Fuck out of here. You're going on silent. Get out of here. Not, yeah. I will text you later. That is the thing that I always boggled. I never got that. Never got that. Why are you answering the phone? You, you're telling me that I can't call you back in seven to ten minutes? Because let's be real. Especially when he... Let's even... be real. This is the first time, and you guys have been wanting this forever. It's going to last five minutes at tops. <laughs> and so you're going to be able to call him back in seven to ten minutes. You're telling me you ain't got seven to ten minutes. Especially since he even asked, would it help him? Would it make him better? Yes, although at the same time, saying it while on top of her and making out with her not, does seem kind of thirsty. Yeah, that's it's not, not the greatest it's not optics. The best. It's not, it's not it's the best. It's a valid point, but the optics aren't great. Yeah. But you just yeah, kind of bow is, out at that point. Like, yeah. all right, you, you take care of this and, um, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk. And as far as, you know. And then they got to see each other at work. Yeah. So that that's why. Kids, don't get into relationship with, with coworkers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Even though I've never been in a relationship, but yeah, I agree. I've, I've, I've been in a relationship with a coworker. It's, it's weird. It's I different. Think, I think I know. Some parts of it are fun, yeah. Well, yeah, she she appears in the movie, actually. 
there, there is a character that uh, that is very very similar to uh, one of my exes. Although this character's neck is much longer in the movie <laughs> than this yes. girl in real life. But yes, uh, which we'll talk about. Let's talk about it now. Oh god. So like I talked about Emma Thompson, she acts so well that she saves that storyline for being from it not being the worst. But the secretary fucking bitch. First off, fucking I believe, bitch. I believe she's a German model who they who they cast into that spot. Really? I believe that's what I read one time a while ago. Because I remember thinking to myself, she sucks. Why is she there? I mean, I expect this much from Hans Gruber. And it's not that... <laughs> but, but <coughs> bitch, riding in there, fucking up marriages, fucking up families. I got no time for that. I got no patience for that. I will cut her. And well, and it wasn't... I was like, that's that's a little much. Sorry. But, well, but, also, like... <laughs> But I'm writing I mean, on personal thought, experience from that. So. <laughs> but I thought to myself, like, I it's beyond what her character does. Like, at, just the quality of acting is not there. And also, the I just was not like it was obvious that she was supposed to be. She was cast as like an eye candy, like temptress sort of thing. I was not tempted by her character. By I, mean, I just nothing about her worked for me. Mm. And then, and then really the the random striptease scene. Like, I was literally about you? to mention that. So first off, who the fuck wears horns to the holiday party? It's a fucking holiday party. Why are you? Why are you wearing horns? It's, that it's, doesn't it's, make sense. Wear a Santa hat. It's literally wear elf ears. It's also about like the birth of Christ. Yes, and you're, you're, and you're coming in as the anti. Like, like what? Not that either of us remotely think of christmas that way but yeah but still but still like it says christ in christmas and you're coming in as the devil like the fuck is that well maybe it was actually like and a then, conscious alliteration to yeah like that she is like the devil of that relationship well, yeah where... i mean like i that is the best case scenario and even then that's just way too on the nose like like it's we, a little obvious we yeah. get it we if i'm able to get yeah. it it's a little obvious <laughs> 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 and then after Emma Thompson, like Karen tells Hans Gruber, be careful there. Then they cut to a scene of her taking off her dress from the holiday party and walking off screen. And then they move on to the next, which, why? What? Yeah. Why is that? That's like literally 10 seconds of why. Why is that scene there other than to see her get down in her laundry? Granted, her body's kind of kicking. But still, yeah. not necessary. Yeah, agreed. And then, I mean, it's, it makes sense the next time they go into her bedroom when she's wearing the gold necklace. That makes sense because now you have the proof that Hans Gruber gave her the necklace, that fuck face. You know, every time you need to say Hans Gruber, I need another drink. <laughs> Want to give me a beer, please? Uh, yes, but keep talking. Yes, I'm going to keep talking. We're not going to edit this out. Get out I'm just gonna get a bottle. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that whole thing. <laughs> I told you I was getting a bottle. <laughs> I didn't think you're gonna get a full bottle though. Well, like, I didn't think it was full, but it's it is. <laughs> Deal with it. It's getting dealt with. All right. I've been drinking. <laughs> Appreciate. Thanks, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, 
I don't know if I have any left. But so, well, check. The, check don't open, it's bad luck to open a beer when you have another beer. I did not know that was bad luck. I don't. I just completely you made, just that, made up. that up. Right. So, just Keep like me. I made up political words of board site. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Listen to that. Mm. Yeah. That's water, kids. <laughs> it's grape juice. <laughs> Delicious grape juice. Delicious grape juice. I'm doing it for nutrition. Yes. So, anyway. Yeah, she was completely unnecessary. Did not like her. Uh, Mia's not there. Just unnecessary. 100%. Uh, and then... Yeah. We pretty much talked about it. I mean, Jamie and Aurelia is pretty good. But that will actually segue... Mm-hmm. Into something we do for every movie. Mm -hmm. The kiss. The kiss. This kiss. This kiss. Show pro. I say Faith Hill there. Faith Hill. That's yes. it. Um, so, the kiss that... Uh, there's a lot of kisses in this movie. But there's one that ends the movie. That So that is the quote-unquote kiss of the movie. There is? What is it? It's J Well, it's the climax of the movie. They have the airports after it. Oh, oh you mean, it's okay. Jamie and Aurelia. That is oh, the quote-unquote kiss of the movie. Which, also, another piece of trivia. Wow, there were a lot. I, I'm surprised I absorbed all this without writing it down. I Excuse you. Not a piece of trivia. Another tasty tidbit. Tasty tidbit. Excuse me. Dear God, we are really running with that, aren't we? you damn right we are. That is uh, happening. That is happening. Jesus. Okay. Um, another tasty tidbit, then, was that it was actually choreographed. So before you go into critiquing it too hard, it was choreographed because Curtis? Is that his, his name? The Colin Firth. No, no, no. The director. Oh, Richard Curtis. Yeah. So apparently he actually worked as a KISS choreographer at one point, which is apparently a real thing. And his signature move was the finger on the lips. Remember when I pointed out that like that Colin Firth put his thumb on her lower lip right before he kissed her? Okay. That was his signature. That was that was Curtis's signature move in all of his like choreographed scenes. So that so then when he wanted to do this big kiss at the end, that was his that was his move. So what what were your thoughts of this, Max? You start because I'm gonna finish. I, I liked the I liked the kiss overall. Like I liked the idea. I liked the scene. It was a little clunky though. I will I will say that. And you know. That we give it a grade, just like in school, A through F. Mm. What grade would you give this? Um, uh, I would give it. I personally would give it um, a B. No wait, an A minus. No wait, a B plus. It's a weird B. It's one of those. It's one of those students that is just hovering around that line the whole semester. Like the 90 to 89 scale. It's an A minus. I'm going to go A minus. 
So now we know I make Renee drink. Give me a second. <laughs> Need to make sure my throat's got proper... Did you finish the other one? Oh yeah, I did. Okay, good. Gotta make sure I have proper lubrication before I go into this. Kiss is an F. Jesus. It is the worst on-screen kiss How? I've seen. It, they don't move their fucking mouths. It is the weirdest. They have this weird little fish, like, part opening that they just mash into each other in this weird, like, pattern. And then they just kind of turn their heads and then turn their heads. And it's obvious Richard Curtis is a fucking kiss choreographer because he's obviously in their fucking ear and in their head. And that's probably, like, take eight or nine. And they didn't know what the fuck to do anymore. So they just kept mashing their fucking mouths against each other. Now, granted, in stage acting, when you give a kiss... You're not supposed to move your mouth. You're supposed to just leave it open and you meet. And then that's how you actually kiss and like stage acting. But the thing about that is you don't fucking go like a metronome. And you also don't have a camera coming in at the oh, at the worst angle of it. Like the fucking, the dad kisses Colin Firth with more feeling than Aurelia Jamie had. The, he fucking Renee. locks lips with the dad better than he locks lips with Aurelia. Renee, I need you to calm down. And I need you to tell me how you really feel. <laughs> it's the worst goddamn kiss I've ever seen. In a movie that I Jesus. love. In one of the most romantic movies ever. I, and the kiss fucking fails. I would it is argue. A failure. I would argue, just to be devil's advocate here, I would say that it. Just because how they're kissing. You're talking about like, the lead up. Like, the lead up itself is solid. Well, the, I'm also talking about the feeling and the emotion involved because you know me. I'm, it, fucking, tr- I'm a sap. I'm a sad sack when it comes to this. I'm a sappy. Finish your thought. Sappy motherfucker. Okay. So, yep. It, like, every, like, they kiss differently. Everyone kisses differently. So, if that's how they kiss and it's weird fish kissing, then so be it. At least they found each other. I, like, that's part of it. I feel like the lead up to that actual kiss is actually solid. The whole walking through town, the jokes are kind of corny, but whatever. But then the actual, like, talking to each other in their own languages is actually, you know, there's a romance to it. That makes sense. That's a great fucking trick there. I like that. And it betrays all of the buildup with this mashing of mouths that looks completely of thought. Like, this is... Like, when you kiss, you are escaping thought. You are going into it without thinking. You're meeting mouths because you can't handle the feeling and the love anymore. You must mash your mouths together in this way that showcases all your feelings. And all I saw were two actors who were trying not to, like, touch tongues. Sometimes you don't need to touch tongues on the first kiss, man. But that, like that, they were attempting to not touch. It, like it just, it did. It looked completely horribly artificial, and it just betrayed everything that they build up. You know, sometimes, so sometimes I wonder if I could. I wonder what it would be like if I could go back and like third person point of view of some of my first kisses. Like yeah, a, a wide range. The ones, yeah. the ones that were were just like. You know, you, you kiss drunkenly 
or at a, you know at a party in college kind of thing yeah and it never happened nothing ever happens from it after that yeah. or a kiss and then you guys have a few dates and then you know kind of pitters out or the kiss that leads into a, a full-blown relationship yeah i always wonder what it would be like to go back and witness those from a third person <laughs> perspective and i guarantee you not a single one of mine would get above like a c I, Except for one. I know which one you're talking about. You know which one I'm talking about. Because you mentioned it last episode. I I'm did. well aware of it. We won't dive into that. It's too too fresh. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not worth diving into more than that. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, but, but, but from a third yeah. person perspective, it would yeah. still look pretty stupid. I, I can think of my 22nd birthday. Remember the, the highlighter party at... Our apartment. Is that the one that you passed out in the hallway? No, that was Matt. That was Matt and Xander's. Oh, that's right. Okay. No, that one was the one. I think that one might have been the one that you punched Alex at. Yeah. (laughs) That's the one you punched. Yep, that's the one. (laughs) That's the one. That's when we became really good friends, though, because on my birthday party. I actually sat outside with you and I chatted you up and we talked about it. That is actually when we became good. Yeah, because we we were sitting outside and and I walked up. And you're just like, dog, it's your birthday. Why aren't you up there? I'm like, fuck that. No, we need need to chat. Like, I want to make sure you're good, man. Because I was, what was I doing, though? If you were just outside with your hand hurting because you'd already... Yeah, I was fucking holding my hand like a dead baby. Yeah. Like, it was... My hand was... So messed up. He, the guy deserved it. <laughs> he, he did actually deserve it. Fuck yeah. that guy. Fuck but that guy. Um, anyway, he was out of love, by the way. Well, I wouldn't say that. No, eh, love is the wrong word. Eh. But it was out of affection. Mm. <laughs> like because the girl that you were in a relationship with was fucking around with that guy. She, she, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. They but, all. You know what? Anyway. Love is complicated. Well, the other reason why I had, like, I was actually outside is I was actually coming back from, um... Yeah, why were you outside? (laughs) So, my friend, my friend Kate, who... Yeah. Yeah, so, I have a friend, Kate, who I've known since high school. Hi, Kate. I, I actually chatted with her on Instagram earlier. I sent her the podcast. Yeah, Kate, you need to come to Chicago, (laughs) because... No, it's just, no, we I, haven't met. Like, oh, that's true. Well, since college. But yeah. I've heard nothing but constant stories. And like, <laughs> this is bullshit, Kate. <laughs> How have we not met? You've met, but it was have in college. We? When? Just at times. <laughs> at times? At, like at football games, probably. or at, Well, those at that don't party. count. I know. Anyway. Nonetheless. So, uh, Kate, and I, mean, I would say Kate and I... Had a mutual friend, Liz. I'm giving real names. This is horrible. Yeah, well, you gotta stop. I, this, I like, should probably. Anyway, the whole the part Liz and I had. Hey, a, hey, you've been drinking. I've been drinking. <laughs> so Liz and I had a mutual attraction. Uh, Liz showed up for my birthday party. At one point, Liz and I ended up making out a little bit, and I just remember like we were both drunk. Moves. So it was a it was a slobby makeout. I think her teeth clicked at one point. That's enough. Yeah, but even but no, that was my whole point. There was like no thought into it. It was just straight up drunken hormone feelings, 
And that would have been better than that fucking kiss in Love Actually. I would have rather seen teeth clicking like slobber than that on fucking Love Actually. Do not half step your kiss. Fucking commit to it. And if you're not going to commit to it, you're getting a goddamn F for me. That's it. Okay. Anyway. So. I, I think we've established. My feelings the on grading the grading system. And what do I think about it? Jesus. We took the long way to that. Went through the woods again. Yeah, went through we the woods. we got to the end. So. <laughs> Talking about my 22nd birthday. Are there, anyway. are there any applicable, like, yes, lessons, takeaways? Yes, for... Max's realistic ruminations. I don't know that I actually have any for this one. I, I spent so much time on the trivia. This <laughs> it, I, was so, I was so engrossed with all the trivia I was I, finding on it that I was like, oh, this is a great new segment for these episodes. Want, I mean, we can make tasty tidbits your, your segment now. I, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I, I feel like the natural... The natural order of things is like throughout our discussion, yeah. like the real life lessons are going to come up anyway. Come to, yeah. So, I mean, and they should. I mean, like that's, that's although for for you it would have been real easy. You just take the fir- the line from the beginning of that movie. Love actually is all around. Love actually is all around, and it and it's all around in completely different forms. Which I feel like that's the whole point of the movie is that it's it takes love takes form in every way possible. It's not just romantic. It's everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not even necessarily between people. It's, it's you know, you love your, your pets. You love your fucking inanimate objects. You love things in your house. There, there's different forms of love. It's just whatever makes you complete. Whatever makes you the real you. And I think that's the lesson to take away from it. That, that whatever love is... We're never. No one is ever going to be able to to make a blanket statement definition for love, because it's different for everyone, and it it's different for everyone in different situations and different times of their lives and whatever. So whatever it is for you needs to be needs to complete you. It needs to whatever. I'm rambling now. And that is Max's real world reading. I've been drinking. Yeah, we'll we'll continually say that you're no longer going to do that segment, but then you just you're going <sighs> to continue to drop. Yeah. You're going to drop a gem. Like I'll just I'll feed you. I'll keep feeding you, and then you'll come up with something. But that was a gem. You're yeah. going to listen back to that. Yeah. That was gem. That Remember was how gem. we started this podcast thinking like, oh, this could be two guys talking about rom coms. This would be a good take, at like a, from a guy's point of view. And then Max weighs in and just says this. It was never about, uh, like, Bromancing the Stone is just a way of kind of making it stand out from other things. It's really just two people who happen to be dudes just talking into a microphone for people to hear about rom-coms. And we just think, I mean, we enjoy it, and we hope other people do. (laughs) Like, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Damn straight. If you and I are the only listeners that we don't even get to the tens and tens of listeners fives nah, we, tens we got to, no tens. we got demoted after last episode we gotta earn our way to tens <laughs> we gotta earn our way to tens uh we i haven't even shared our first episode yet we need to we need, we talk will. about we that will. we will but anyway we will. We'll get there. Um, so now we'll get into my now let's go segment. into yeah yeah let's go what happens what happens after, after ever after so renee tell me what you think well, first off, Love Actually 2, which uh, 
happened, which was like Rose, Red Nose Day, actually. Oh, yeah, that was another piece of trivia yeah. I read about. I don't, I don't recognize that as canon. I don't, I didn't watch it. No. I will not watch it. No. And we're not going to discuss it any more than it exists. But I, it exists, but it doesn't. So. What well, would happen? <laughs> so. You I'm had only, a revelation during the movie, and now I want to hear it. I'm only focusing on the one love story I feel didn't occur and should have occurred. Okay. And it was only given about 45 seconds of screen time. And we're going to let the silence linger a little more. The couple I speak of is Karen and Daniel. I know you don't know the names. Wait, 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 Daniel is Liam Neeson. Yes. Because that's my middle name. Hey. Fuck. Now I just gave away my entire name in the first <laughs> two episodes. Um, and what was the other one? Karen? Karen. His sister. Not his sister. Yeah. No. They're just friends. Emma Thompson? Yes. They're brother and sister. Oh, you're right. No, she's brother and sister. She's brother and sister with Hugh Grant. Grant. Hugh Grant Daniel's yeah. not Hugh Grant's brother. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, they're just friends. You're right, you're right. Yeah. That... Which should be the next movie we watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be. So, that is the couple that should have gotten together. The chemistry that they show in oh, that 45 true. seconds to a minute where he, like, cries and then she jokes about... You know, no one's going to shag, you know, someone who cries all the time, sort of thing. But you can tell immediately that they have a history of just true care and love for each other. Interesting. And their most vulnerable spots. Like, she, she's now, at the end of this movie, she knows she's in a loveless relationship. She can't fully commit to loving Hans Gruber anymore. She like she just she's as she says at the end of the movie, fucking I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Which is fucking heartbreaking. That is yeah. the most heartbreaking the way she says she's fine and let's go home. But it's she's resigned the, herself to her fate. The Hugh Grant and uh, and Natalie kiss, so it's followed by that. So it's, it's anyway. Um, <laughs> so and then Daniel he runs it to Claudia Schiffer Carol is the girl's name. Carol. But First off, Claudia Shaver's super overrated, like, looks-wise. Just, no, whatever. But also, like, in the, his moment of need, who's there? Karen is. And there's and who does he call when he needs someone? He calls Karen. Yeah, but she treats him like a... She's no longer in... She, she realizes, oh, I'm in a marriage that's not... Like, he's, why am I still fighting for this? I need to leave. Yeah, she he's, divorces. He's, he's crying. He, like, he's Daniel crying. realizes that Carol is not... Like, that. that's just a fling sort of thing. That's not lasting. And so he realizes he needs something of the real thing. And then he and then he and Karen, you know, support each other and as they continue through life. And then they realize they should be together. They should continue on their lives as partners in crime. And then they get together. And that is the couple that lasts out of this fucking movie. Daniel and Karen. And the thing that I thought about that I was like, oh my god. When he, Carol introduces herself 
to Daniel, and Daniel says, it was nice to meet you, Karen. Oh! Freudian and then slip. she says, Carol. And he's like, oh, and he shakes his head. Freudian fucking slip. Yeah. Because he was thinking about Karen. Because Karen is the woman of his that he should be with. Oh Daniel and Karen for life, motherfuckers. That's what it is. Oh, that's actually not a bad... That's a really interesting take on it. That's what happens after ever after. Karen and Daniel for life. I like it. Alright. <laughs> so... <laughs> And now, <laughs> Renee, we've reached we've reached an hour and the a half. most joyous moment of the episode. It is time to rate to issue our verdict on the movie. Now, is this movie uh, fuck, which you watch once, you enjoy, and then you don't really bother with again? Is it a Mary, which is one that you watch all the time and you revere? And you can tell everyone about how great it is. Or is it a kill where you wonder why you watch it in the first place and you talk shit about it for the rest of your life? So would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? You you go first. I married this movie. I watched, I told you at the beginning. It's one of my favorite movies. I immediately loved it when I first saw it. I watch it every Christmas. It's not... The greatest of quality. Some jokes haven't aged well. I mean, it is what you. It is exactly what you expect out of a rom com. Eighty to ninety percent of it is fantastic, and it gives you the feels, and it makes a giggle. And ten percent of it, you just want to fast forward through. And and it's a, it's too long for it, but at the same time, you you know, it's, you still sit through it because there's so much good in it that you just love, and there's chemistry. And there's all these feelings and thoughts that it brings up. It is a movie that you marry. This is yeah. you marry this film. It's a good way to put it. It's it's not all going to be you know roses and what's the phrase? <laughs> I don't know. It's not roses all going to be roses and handbags. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How did handbags get it? <laughs> I don't know. Shopping spree. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's it's not all whatever. It's not all sparks and fireworks and everything, but it's still it's still great. The the core of it is still great, just like a marriage, you know, just like a long-term relationship. It's not all going to be perfect, but the core of it is still good. So I would agree. My rating is also Mary. I would marry this movie hard. <laughs> I would get up there and give some nasty vows to this movie. <laughs> like I'd go so off script that even this movie would be wondering like maybe I'm second guessing this. Alright, we're going to stop you right there. So <laughs> <laughs> that is, so yeah, two Marys from myself and Max uh, and so, you know, last but not least, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll give our socials here. So yeah, what is it, really? We've created we social media accounts for the podcast. Yes, indeedy. So, uh, as far as on Instagram, the uh, handle is Bromancing the Stone Podcast. Yeah, that's a long one, but yeah. Bromancing the Stone Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, follow us. We did a little bit of a story when watching this. At least, like, we took a quick little story so you can see that. 
Um, I'm sure I'll, I'll like save it to the. Uh, we're we're getting the there, account. guys. We're learning. Yeah, we're slowly matriculating toward an actual podcast here. Uh, and then, as far as on Twitter, we also have an account there, and of uh, the it is at Bro the Stone Pod. So B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. So Bro the Stone Pod can follow us on Twitter as well. Um, you know, we'll start taking more videos and things like that while we're recording or while we're watching the movie, just so you can kind of have an idea of what, you know, the situation is as we're doing this. Uh, and then of course you can follow me, Renee, uh, at, on Instagram at Relusa 88. So that's R E L U S A 88. And then on Twitter, um, supermarket sweep without the R and super. So S U P E market sweep You can follow me there as well. And then Max, I am on Instagram at the Lionhearted, which uh, has a period between the and Lionhearted, and Lion is spelled with a Y. Yes, like my last and name. And then you don't have a Twitter. And I don't have a Twitter, but you know, we'll see where this goes. I might, <laughs> I might have to, I might have to jump on the bandwagon. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, jump of the pile. Oh God, that's terrifying. And then you mentioned it last episode, you mentioned it this episode, and I was going to give you the choice of, you know, what movie should we do next, because I kind of chose Hitch, we chose Love Actually because of the time, so I wanted to kind of give you the choice of the next one, you kind of mentioned it. Oh, really? So, I I think it still makes sense, because... You think so? I I do. All right. Because it kind of goes through that, the Christmas into, like, New Year's, because, like, he... That's true, that's true. Yeah. That's true, that's very true. Yes. And it is a little more of a comedy. To it is like a little more of a comedy. It's a little lesser known than Love Actually and, and yeah. Hitch, but at the same time, like people very underrated. Like, yeah, it's I. There's some funny bits. We're gonna watch Just Friends. Yes. And I, uh, I immediately have a story of God the first it. time I watched it. So we'll talk about that. All right. At the beginning of the next episode. All right. I'll I'll dig up some. God damn it! Tasty yeah, so, tidbits. And then yeah, find some tasty tidbits. Damn it. And for the tens and tens of listeners, <laughs> alliteration. All right. And anyway, for everyone who stuck around, Thanks thank for you. Listening. I, we, we love we you guys. Truly, we, we love you guys. We truly do love you and appreciate you. And have a great night. Keep on bromancing. <laughs> 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 All right, bye. <laughs>